This train is inbound. From Sector C. My crime is that of outsmarting you. If you have not yet submitted your identity to the retinal clearance system, communications interface online. You're not dealing with AT&T. Automatic medical systems engaged. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Defensive weapon selection system activated. Have a very safe day. From San Diego, California, I'm Drake Anubis. And from sunny, uh, or not so sunny, uh, Florida, it's Enigma. So, uh, it's uh, again almost midnight my time. So, how you doing, Drake? Oh, I'm so tired. Last night I was up, uh, I didn't get back until four because I went to a movie uh, screening premiere thing, and that was a lot of fun, but it was probably ill-advised. What movie did you go see? We went and saw the room, and we usually go up to LA to see it. But the producer and cast and such were down here, so we went and hobnobbed with the celebrities. The what? It's called the room. You're not familiar with the room? It's a cult classic. I am not familiar with the room. I thought you were the movie guy. I am the movie guy, but that—that's why I asked you to say it again because it didn't ring a bell. Okay, we'll look into it. I'll look into it. What are you up to? Being annoyed by the the Verizon person trying to sell me. Uh, Trying to sell me internet when I have Bright House, but cable. But that's beside the point. He's trying to sell you files, and you said no. I don't want faster, better internet. I I just don't want to deal with it uh, at this point. I you know. I'm just not one who likes quality. I like eating dirt, for example. It's a better deal. It's a better package for the TV than for for Bright House than it is for files. Just for the record. Look, I'm tired. All you're going to get tonight is witty resentment. That's all you. That's all I have to offer. Well, you know, in, so you must better make the best of it. In in my show topic, I'm going to actually make you think. So, or at least oh. pretend to think. So. I'll pretend. So I do all day. Uh, I, yeah, I know. But I, was, I I told you I was a consultant. You know this. Yes, and you, you pretend to th- to think. That's okay. Yeah. I'm cool with that. So, well, what are we doing today? Uh, so You've been so excited about it. I, I'm not excited about it. Well, I was going to give a. Uh, Someone has to be. It better be you. <laughs> Thanks. So I'm going to give like a security 101 for you. I'm going to I'm going to teach you some some concepts and some uh some terminology from a security professional standpoint. You know, we we talk, you know, mostly on the show about, you know, what what the hacking community relates to and, you know, what that terminology is and sometimes we'll we'll venture onto the security professional side since that's, you know, my degree and stuff. Potentially interesting. Let's go. Potentially interesting and and potentially boring. So this is either going to go really bad or it's going to have really bad ratings. So I feel like I'm wasting a lot of space here because I'm actually on the edge of my seat. So maybe I'll scoot back a little bit. You're on. Go you're on. on the edge of your seat. Okay. So yeah, I so I, I guess two concepts that I wanted to go over, and then we'll throw in some extras to fill time if we need to. Um, would be. Uh, do you know what the the CIA triad is or that term? I'm not familiar with the term. Does it involve the NSA and some other organization? I knew you were going to say that, and I was I was going to cut you off and say it does not have anything to do with our government. It is a it is a term um, that uh, pretty much if you go take any security course or any any um, type of of information security or computer security course, you're going to run into this term, and it's um, the the acronym is confidential. It means confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Those are three terms you're going to he- hear throughout any computer security or any information security oh, degree. Oh, I get it. 
It wasn't the letter agency. It was the. Uh... I was going to go briefly go over that and uh, play play question and answer with you. Um, mm. So, when the ter- when you hear the term confidentiality, what do you, what do you think of? Uh, hold on. I think recording just stopped on my side. You're killing me. No, no, it was going. Never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it, the thing froze and it said your USB bandwidth has been exceeded. And I'm like, what the hell? Uh, do we have to go over that again? Like, what the no, hell is no. USB bandwidth? When, when I hear whatever you just said, I usually think of security, integrability, and, um, and the NSA. Oh, the NSA. Okay. So when I when I say confidentiality, what do you, what do you think that means? Oh, that. Yeah, that um, confidentiality. I assume it means that only the people who need to know or are permitted to know know. Very good. Uh, basically, this is your user your um, user authentication um, portion of of the triad, meaning that you know only the people who need to know about the information know, um, and like they go over uh, breaches in that going from a hacking side. Um, breaches in that would be like uh, social engineering. It doesn't necessarily have to be technical. So social engineering would be covered in that, um, shoulder surfing, things like that that aren't necessarily, you know, um, a technical attack against the system um, would also be in in there uh, included in the breach of confidentiality. Okay. So any, any leak of information. Um, so integrity, what do you think that would be? Integrity... In this context, I imagine would be that the, the data persists to be as it was when it was last created. Yes, basically uh, uh, tamper, uh, avoiding tampering of any yes. type of, of data. So a good example would be like SQL injection, where you're making a page do something that it's not intended to do. So you're modifying the data, or you're... Um, or like you breach a system and you were to, you know, change username and passwords, or or a, a, from a WPA or or wireless standpoint, you know, breaking either web or WPA, going in and taking data, modifying it, and putting it back. It's not necessarily stealing data; it's modifying data. Sure, a lot of in- encryption methods have integrity checks and digital signatures so that you can, after the fact, go through and say, nope, nope, this person definitely sent this because no one else would have that key and that key, that sort of thing. Right, and we're going to actually go over that later, so you're jumping ahead of me, but um, uh, we're going to talk about like controls for each of the three Ooh. setups. So. Um, so we went over confidentiality. Basically, that's um, the whole uh, disclosure of information. Integrity is the information not being modified, and then availability is our last of the three, and that would be that the website is up mm-hmm. and, or the, the database is available or things of that in nature. Um, availability comes in when we talk about attacking, um, like DOS attacks would, would be attacking the availability uh, portion of the triad. They would be. Or... Let's say power outages, hardware failures, system upgrades, all of that is not necessarily attacking but compromising the availability of. Because it doesn't have necessarily have to be an illegitimate attack on this on this portion of the triad. You know, hardware failures and system upgrades are a good legitimate or maintenance windows are a good legitimate concern for the availability. 
Oh, b- before you move on, there was one router that I should mention just because it's so funny. There's there's a Cisco Catalyst, which is one of those big uh, enterprise routers that can handle you know hundreds of connections. And there was something you could do where if you did something really simple, like just send a, a, a malformed packet to like the telnet port, the thing would just crash and it would fail open. So if, so you can go right into the um, you could SSH into the configuration and start making changes. It was a it was a big deal. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and um, misconfiguration is a big uh, concern on the, some of those switches too, because um, the the monitor ports, for example, the um, the the managed ports, the ones that that you use for the the management of the of the uh, of the switch or, or device, um, mm-hmm. if they're misconfigured, those can be a a good vector of attack too. And you'd be surprised how often switches are left misconfigured because who cares about No, I would not be surprised. No, because what happens, and you can probably attest to this, is that you have something configured the way it's supposed to be, and someone says, oh, but I need my email to sync with my BlackBerry, and you have to do some kind of complicated network thing that you just can't do right now, and the boss is pissed, so you have to make some quick change, and then you never have time to go back and do it the way you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my environment uh, at work is shockingly like that. I mean, we... Yeah. We're understaffed, and you know there's never never enough uh, man hours to go around, so we're constantly cutting corners, and you know. Yeah, so you either tell your boss he doesn't get email on his BlackBerry, or you have some, or you, you're insecure for a while. Right, exactly. So, which is more dangerous to you as a person? Yes, it make, makes me feel you know a little dirty inside. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I guess the next concept we want to want to talk about is uh, going along with the integrity portion. Um, what you, I love integrity. What you um, alluded to earlier, non-repudiation. Do you know that of that term? Well, if I alluded to it earlier, I'd hope so. Well, do you know what non-repudiation is? I would. I would imagine that it's. Uh, it involves. Um, gosh, I wish I was more articulate this evening. Um, you can't forge messages. Would be an aspect of that. Basically, yes. Um, Non-repudiation is, uh, in in layman's terms, proving that you are you, or the message it proves that the originator of the message. Basically, what I wanted to talk about here is uh, the cryptography portion of non-repudiation with certificates and signature, digital signatures, um, and along with that, the uh, the suite of or the the infrastructure PKI. Have you heard of that term? I have heard of PKI, public key infrastructure. Yes, and that's... I've sent you encrypted emails before, and you never want to, like... Uh, how hypocritical. Well, how dare you. Well, let's, let's... In front of the entire internet. Let's, let's time out here. Um, I don't believe in sending sensitive data over email. No, but the point is that if you send everything encrypted, then you can because then no one's going to know because you can say, oh, no, I just sent everything encrypted. So you can't say, oh, that one encrypted email and you know target that. So, so you're uh, saying security through obscurity? No, I'm saying that if everything's secure and someone wants to go back and say, oh, you were t- – uh, like if I'm – if I'm selling credit cards, right, when I'm talking to you on AIM, I should have all of my conversations encrypted with OTR. That way, if I only encrypted the parts we were talking about credit cards, they know exactly when we were talking about credit cards, and they can go in and target just those areas and find some kind of way to exploit the way OTR is doing encryption or what have you, or find logs for just those times, or look at alibis. If you have the entire thing encrypted, there's no way to prove that you had a motive for encryption. Right, but I don't believe in... Um, encryption. Sent, well, no. 
<laughs> Let's rephrase that. I don't believe in sending email with sensitive information in it. I believe in getting it to them some other by other means. I believe. So okay, that's valid. So in other words, hide it in a JPEG or something. Well, that's that's an option. Um, I was thinking more of uh, PGPing a file, sending sending a file via SFTP um, or SCP or or some secure means to get there. Uh, you know, I, I go old school. I, I, I trick newspapers into writing stories that have code words in the headlines, and that's how I tip off my ring of spies. Ah, yeah, that, that would be cool. Yeah. That, that, is, that is definitely... I saw that on Chuck the other night, and it just round... Uh, um, that just was uh, interesting how they did the little... Do you watch Chuck? I don't watch TV. Oh, you don't watch TV. Never mind. Anyway, back to my... I'm so, I'm so unhip. Go ahead. You are unhip. Um, so back to my uh, uh, cryptography side. PKI is the infrastructure for which applications are built upon, such as PGP. Well, it stands for public key infrastructure, doesn't it? Correct. That is the... Yeah. And then PGP is... What's that acronym? Do you know that one? I, oh, God. Uh, oh, PGP, it's pu- uh, pretty good privacy. There you go. You're good. Yeah, I'm making you think tonight. So, okay. pick a bad night. <laughs> so PGP is the uh, pretty much the standard um, encryption nowadays. At least that's what you know most people use. At least in my opinion. Do you know of anybody that uses? I mean, PGP and certificates are really the norm or the hip thing these days, right? I do raw thirteen, but otherwise, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You know, there actually is ROT13 being used in the Windows registry for certain keys. Yeah, and that's... Remind me what ROT13 is. ROT13 is when you have, like, the alphabet, and A stands for, like, X, and B stands for Z, and D stands for Y. It's where you take the letters and you do a shift oh, by a number of places. Yeah, it's just a, sh- a shift of, of characters, and yes. and you give, you just give the offset. Yes, and ROT13 is special because there's 26 letters in the alphabet, so it's exactly the halfway point. So you can use the same uh, number of shifts to encrypt and decrypt. Got it, yeah. Yes. It's been a while since I've I've dealt with ROT13. Anyway, um, so... I'd hope so. I hope it's not part of your daily encryption activities. No, but like, you know, back in college, we, we went over all of the... Uh, like AES, ROT13, you know, MD5, and, and ROT13 rung a bell, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. I knew there was I knew there was one that did the shift, but I couldn't remember which one. And Yeah, that's ROT. It's go ahead. Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say, um, like if you were to take a, a security um certification like Security Plus or, you know, the CEH certified ethical hacker or or some terminology like that, uh, or some certification like that, you would need to know that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, ROT is uh, short for rotation. So ah, okay. That's how I remember. Gotcha. Um, so the other, including PGP, um, the uh, next thing is the certificates. Um, do you know how, like, the public and private keys work? Like, you want to explain that? Uh, absolutely not. Well, I'll just give the overview. Basically, you have a public key that you share out on the internet. Um, and that is basically paired with a private key that you keep private. Mm-hmm. Um, this key should never go out of your hands, and nor should you share it with anyone. Um, That's meaning a private, usually? Yes. Well, I'll get to my meaning there in a minute. 
Um, so people were to, are to encrypt with your public key, and then only your private key can decrypt that message. So that's the whole, um, like you were you were saying about sending me a message. If I had if I gave you my public key, you could encrypt the message with my public key, and then only I would be able to view that message. Yes. The other, the reverse is for going back to my non-repudiation talk, is if I were to encrypt with my private key, you could decrypt it with my, my public key, and that is what's called a digital signature. Because it could only have come from you because only you have your private key? Correct. Gotcha. So that is why I insisted that, you know, the private key remain private because... Then you have, you know, the non-repudiation on top of the security of having your, um, if someone were to encrypt with your public key, only you could decrypt it. So there's the security there plus the non-repudiation going the other direction. Um, and certificates basically work the, you know, the same way, sort of. Um, like a server will have a, you know, a server certificate. And uh, this would be, like, you know, sent out to VeriSign. VeriSign would issue you a certificate saying that you are you. Um, you would install it on said web server, and then that is a form of non-repudiation saying that I am Microsoft.com or I am, you know, Google.com or whatever. Um, that's sure. how, that's the basis of how, you know, um, SSL works on on the web server. You know, the... Uh... The certificate for the HPR server has expired. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Or it's invalid or something. Now, the Apple Mail freaks out every time it tries to check for it. It may be because we did a self-signed. Because I doubt... <laughs> yeah, that's that could be what I, it was. I doubt we uh, <laughs> went out and purchased a a certificate for HPR from VeriSign. I'm just doubting. Yeah, they're very expensive. You can get one from GoDaddy for, for like 12 bucks, but that doesn't really... I don't see why you won't bother. Um... We just did a big thing at work, and I can't remember what the difference is. But there is there is a difference between the GoDaddy certs and the Verisign certs, and I can't remember. Yeah, I'm sure the Verify, I'm sure the Verisign ones are like legitimate. Well, no, the GoDaddies are are, are legitimate, but I can't remember what the difference is. Uh, anyway, they're probably not they're probably not signed by some other higher authority or some other root. Oh, or oh, 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 um, the Verisign ones are inherent because. Microsoft ships Windows with the VeriSign service installed, so you don't have to install anything on your on your machines. Ah, uh, that's very important. So, does your office do like these old lame office celebrations? Like, woo, we're VeriSign uh, certified, or man, we're ISO nine thousand one hundred. Was it ISO nine? What is the lame ISO certification? ISO nine thousand or ISO. Isn't it like 9001? Yeah, 9001 or something like that. Yeah, does your office have these lame parties? Like, oh, thank you, VeriSign, for making our business a success. No, we we have um, we don't have the ISO um, certification. We're, we're ISO. We have the uh, SAS certification, which which no. um, I'm going to go off topic here and rant. Um, That's fine. So this SAS certification um, was kind of lame because... Basically, there's uh, two parts to it. It's a, an accounting portion of it and then a, a computer security. So they bring in a CPA and they bring in like um, a CPU, a CISSP. 
to do the security side. Um, so they bring in two guys and they go over a crap ton of documentation and, you know, certify that you're in compliance with their standards and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of banks, um, my business caters toward a lot of financial institutions, um, and they wanted this certification. So we went out and got it and we paid a crap ton of money for this certification. Anyway, that's, yeah, I'd imagine so. that's not what, what I'm ranting about. Um, so this gentleman that was a CISSP, which is a very high um, security certification, by the way, if uh, the, the cert is uh, Certified Information System Specialist, or I, I can't remember the acronym. No, you're pretty close. It's uh, Okay, it's uh, Certified Information Security, security System, System Professional. Professional. Yeah, there we go. There we go, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, so this, this gentleman came in and looked over our documentation and we gave him screenshots and stuff of like various things like, you know, our logging, our, uh, we gave him pictures of our, our firewall, uh, logs and things like that in the documentation himself. So we spent, you know, months on this documentation. It was very well done in my opinion. I am not part of the IT staff at my work. I am a, I am a janitor, uh, an operations. I am an operations guy. I make sure things run. Um, but I am not directly involved in the IT side of things. Make sure the water's running, toilet's No, working. I make sure... Yeah, never mind. Uh, I make sure my monkeys do what they're supposed to do. Um, mm. And they won't listen to this, so I can call them monkeys on the air. Um, anyway, uh, so this guy came in and basically looked at our document, spent, you know hours asking us questions and looking never set foot into the server room Mm -hmm. that just boggled my mind i could have put anything in that document i could have said you know we were the most secure person on the planet and he never validated it that's okay no that's not okay not in my opinion (laughs) not okay in my opinion i was like this is worthless you should put that doc- – it doesn't have to be worthless. Put that documentation online and sell it to other companies who need to pass this bullshit certification, and then there you go. Yeah, but this is just it, – it's just absolutely worthless to me. Well, you probably could have bribed the guy then. Probably, and that just seems very unethical to me that you can walk into a place of business um, and and do that and not validate anything they say. Oh, most certifications are scams. That's why that, you know you see those joke ones like like um, you know that uh, hacker safe logo you see that occasionally. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like the ones that are uh, protected by JPEG. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so that was my rant for tonight. Um, all right, so get going back to my uh, back to the future. Back to my original topic. Okay, so now we're going to talk about controls. Um, so we went through you know the a few. Of the of the main topics, and now we're going to talk about like authentication controls. Um, so, have you ever heard the term Drake um, of the the like three factor authentication or multi factor authentication? I'm glad you uh, addressed me by name. wasn't sure who you were talking yeah, to, yeah, but yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, <laughs> um, just pulling your leg. I told you I'm tired. All you get is witty uh, witty banter. Okay, so yeah, so the terms. You'll hear a lot, again, if you take any type of security courses, um, are what you have, what you know, and who you are. What you know 
what would that have anything to do in, in an authentication? Maybe a password. Oh, maybe a password. Yeah, that would, that's pretty much the, the only thing that it could be. Um, there are examples like, uh, well, that would be what you have. Never mind. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay, so what you have. What you have. I'm going to say a fingerprint or a, a token of some kind, like a key fob. Fingerprints, no. Um, fingerprints aren't what you have? No. What you have is not a fingerprint. That is not what you have. Is it a what you, you are? A, is, was, was what yes. you are a, what you are was a, yes. a, a, an option? Yes, what you are, or who you are, yes. Oh. What you are, who you are. I think what you have should be a fingerprint, because I, because I can have no. what you have. I can take your finger off, and I can have a James Bond movie, and use it to open a door, so now it's what I have. That, that no, that is who not Who can I write have. a letter to? I'm unhappy about this. I'm sorry. Um, so going back to what you have, what you have would be a pissed off Drake, a uh, a token uh, of some sort. You know those uh, those tokens that have the the passwords on them. Yeah. That generate a, a one time token. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be what you have uh, a, a card, uh, an ATM card, debit card would be what you have. Plus the pin would be you know what you know. Um, so that would be multi-factor authentication. So in, from a security standpoint, you know, one factor authentication would be most likely a password. Um, two factor would be like a debit card and a pin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three factor authentication is, well, yeah, here's where it all falls apart. All, all three, meaning a fingerprint, a token, and a password. You know, you can have a but, password too. You know, because just if, get if off you can me. give just, it, just, you can have it. Just stop. Just, just stop right now. All right. So, so who you are or what you are would be a fingerprint, um, a hand scan, um, an eye. You know, a, a retina scan, an iris scan, things like that. You started to say um, eye because you recognize deep down that you can in fact have an eye. Like in a Shut jar, up. hold it up to the thing. It happens in James Bond movies all the time. Shut up! Shut up! Uh, so, getting into the the password, let's 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 just take passwords alone. Uh, so, this is the that's what you have, right? That is stop it. What you know? <laughs> See, now even you're getting confused. Like, well, yeah, I guess it is. But you have to check your notes. Like, oh, well, that's all right. Just just stop it. <laughs> Why are you corrupting right. the audience with this? Now you're going to start a whole generation of people who believe that you can't have a finger, but you can only know a password. All right, all right. So going back to my my original line of thinking. Um, so what you know, passwords. So one factor authentication, passwords um, isn't necessarily. Uh, let me make a distinction here. One factor authentication isn't necessarily just passwords. Uh, it could be any of the three. Most of the time, however, if it's one factor authentication, it is a password because that's the cheapest. Uh, alternative sure it could be um, like a key in a lock or like an rfid tag or something sure yeah um but most most of the time it is a password i agree um so passwords as i said are the cheapest option but they're the least secure option um because passwords can be broken in various means or just be weak passwords um in the sense of you know your dog's name or your your mother's maiden name or whatever you would like to to be you know the the, the 
Oh my god! I saw one of those ones that was a. It was a. You know how like you get a website and you can pre-select certain options. One of mm-hmm. the pre-select options was this was for ups.com. Was what color are your eyes? That is the worst security question ever. Like, like hey, hey, Edward, look over here. Uh, are your eyes green or hazel? Green. Okay, thanks. No, that's all. See ya. Thanks. Thanks. Um, what I usually do with those pre-selected questions is I answer them wrong. Yeah, I make things up. Like, what's your favorite color? Plaid. Yeah. Favorite yeah. sport? Checkers. Yeah. So, so I'll do that intentionally, just in case you know someone were to know me really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, they wouldn't be able to guess my my uh, secret question because I think they're very insecure in the sense that you know most websites nowadays have the same secret questions like mm, you know pets. what's your mother's maiden name, what's your pet's, you know. What's your first pet's name? Um, the ones I kind of like are the ones where you put in your own yeah, that's uh, own question and answer. Those I'll make are... things up. Like on the uh, like on Windows, if you t- if you uh, mistype my password a couple of times, the uh, password reminder is the first thing Obama said to me. And I'm never talking to Obama, but that way, if someone's breaking into my computer, they go, "Oh my God, he's like the president's best friend." <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, passwords. You know, going back to passwords. Um, most, you know, it's, it's the most common form of authentication. Yes. Um, moving on to what you have, um, with the smart cards, (laughs) we have at, at work, um, the RFID proximity tags, um, that we swipe in the door and, you know, can go in the door and that's all our door controls are, are RFID. At your place? Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not like Raytheon. It's just that company you work for. It's just that company I work for. And they have this that company? Yes. Oh. Huh. Yeah. And we're actually fairly state-of-the-art when it comes to, uh, you know, that type of, of stuff. But, eh, we have our problems, too. But anyway. Um, so Like your lack of, 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 of correct certification methods. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so what you have would be that, and usually what you have, are, or the the second form of authentication is coupled with the first. So usually it's a a what you have plus what you know what you know. So those usually are paired together. Okay. Um, in most instances. Um, so I wanted to briefly talk about biometrics, and do you know much about iris scanning? Um, yeah, I did uh, several years ago, so everything I know is probably outdated. Okay, uh, two different ty- uh, types of um, of eye scanning. Good and bad. Well, actually, yes. Uh, <laughs> retina scanning and iris scanning. Retina scanning is not nearly as um, as reliable as iris scanning is. Oh, I didn't know about um, this distinction. Um, retina scanning is pretty good. It's better than like hand geometry scanning um, and fingerprint scanning. Um, it's uh, well. Let's let's talk about biometrics in in general. So, fingerprint, hand uh, hand geometry. Um, there's uh, like type uh, where it will calculate your um, the speed of your type or the I can't think of the word. Do you know oh, what I'm no talking about? No one uses that. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, there there have been things where like you know you could have your password and if if your password's Coca Cola, you can type Coke. And a pause, and then cola, and it keeps track of the whole thing. 
Yeah, it keeps track of, of your your emotions. Or your... Yeah, not a person alive that uses that. Yeah, it's not very reliable. <laughs> There's voice activation, which, again, is not, not very reliable. There's um, face recognition, again, not very reliable because, you know... You can grow, hold a picture up to it. Grow, grow, well, grow a beard and it throws it off. Um, and this brings up a good point. Um, there are what's called false negatives and false positives with all biometrics. Uh, or with all authentication methods, um, but um, you so know, you can false. have a false positive, but you can't have a finger. Stop that! Stop confusing <laughs> me. A false a false positive would be granting access to someone that doesn't shouldn't have access. False negative would be um, the reverse, where locking you're, out your boss, where you're locking out your boss. Yeah. Um, which brings back a good point back to the password thing. Um, I know I'm jumping around here, but have you ever heard of the birthday attack? Um, the birthday attack? Is that where, is that related to the birthday thing where if you have a bunch of people in a room, you can quickly guess uh, how many people you need to have so that two have the same birthday? Exactly. Okay. But the birthday, atta- but, but the birthday attack is um, more generated to the way the old oh, is that where you Is that where you have a list of users and a list of uh, passwords and you can... You don't have to find you don't if, as long as you don't want to break into a specific user account, you can just break into the account with the weakest password. No, this is more of no. how the old uh, or the old land manager used to hash passwords um, back in NT and um, I believe, yeah, I think it was it's just an NT. Um, but New the, technology. the 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 hash was short enough where you could or actually in the in the new one as well. You can. Um, you don't necessarily have to guess the right password. You can guess something that matches the hash of the password that you are. Oh, there were hash collisions back then. Yes. Wow, so that's, you could, that's, that you, blows. You could theoretically have a different password, but it hash out to be the same. Oh, so your like your password could be dog or it could be cat, and you know, they'd have the same hash. Well, mm-hmm. that sucks. How how likely were hash collisions? Uh, about as likely as you being in a, a room with this person with the same birthday. That's why it was so a like birthday. one in like one in thirty six or something. Eh, it was more than that, but I don't know the numbers. But yeah, that's it's a very small number. It's yeah, it's a very small number, but it still theoretically could happen. Um, also, going that to sucks. the to the to the passwords. Um, it also depended on how short your password was. Um, like the way, because the way all the old land manager used to do it is, if it was shorter than I believe seven characters, it would put zeros or put like a specific hash value in the um, the rest of the password to fill it out to a, a specific length. So if you that was unknown. Um, hash, so you could figure it out based on if you looked at the hash, you could figure out how long their password was, and then only have to worry about that uh, set of characters. Wow, that's lame. So anyway, um, what so, if your password was by any chance the single letter S? The single letter S would be like S, and then whatever the string was. I think it was like. O-F-O-F, I, I have to look at my notes, but... Because I, I, I told you my friend's laptop password was S, right? Yeah, yes, yes, you did. Yeah, that's a point of contention for me. I'm sorry. That's, I didn't uh, know it was possible. Yeah, if you turn off the... 
Well, I knew in 2003, at least server, you could turn off the complex passwords. requirements. Yeah. You could turn them all off. And then they yeah, but I, the I installed Windows on this laptop for him. I didn't make a point to turn off the complexity requirements. Huh. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. so so moving back to biometrics, um, back to my uh, iris and retina thing. Um, so do you know what the difference between retina and iris scanning is? Um, I know what the difference is between the parts on the eye. Okay, well, that's basically what it scans. Ah, okay. So the retina scans... The front of the eye, the iris scans the back of the eye. Did I get that right? No, the the iris is. I, I thought that was the area around your eye where the actual color is. And the yeah, retina's I flipped the back. it. I flipped oh, it. I'm sorry. Loud. I flipped it. That's okay. Yeah, it's the the reverse. The retina would be the back of the eye. The iris would be the front. Do of the Do you eye. have an eye? I can give you an eye because you can have an eye if you want to study this issue further. You know, shut up. Okay, so. Um, you know, humans have five fingers on each hand. Did you know that? So the ret- the retina or, or or iris scan is the most um, reliable uh, form of biometrics, um, but uh, it brings up a good security or a, a good privacy issue when we're talking about iris scanning. Do you know what that would be? Um, well, yeah, I imagine that if one company has a, a good scan of your iris and then they get compromised, and now your iris is all over the place, so now any other company that relies on that technology can't employ you because your uh, iris is floating around on the internet. Nope, I'm thinking more of a privacy issue for the female gender. Um, in returns, in relating to eyes? Mm-hmm, in returns to eyes. Um, people artificially color their eyes? Negative. Um, so I'll just tell you whether you're you floundering. Um, there was, you can actually tell if someone is pregnant by their iris scan. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. It, the way there's um, some, type of, some type of hormones that affect the iris in the female body when she's pregnant versus when she's not pregnant. You're sure of this? Mm-hmm. Look it up. I'm going to have to later. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, there was a big par- privacy issue with this because, you know, for Department of Defense or government agencies, um, they, I, I think it was, I think it was the Department of Defense. Um, they, the, the, the female gender has to let them know, like, in field duty, if they're pregnant or not, obviously, for, sure. for, for reasons. Um, and, the iris was telling <laughs> let's put it that way um, i'm sure so, there's a big deal with companies that you know if uh, if you plan to take nine months off from maternity leave or whatever and the company wants to fire you right beforehand they'd be able right. to save a lot of money that way yep exactly yeah that's unethical so yeah it's it's unethical and that's why um there was this article a few years back and you can look it up um and i'll try to find the link um, and put it in the show notes. But anyway, um, so that's my whole spiel on you know what you have, what you know, who you are. Any questions from the audience or you, Dre? Now you know I have questions. Why? Why even incite them? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just going to make fun of the whole finger not being something that you can possess thing. If you want to cut off the finger, be my guest. Have you Have you heard of the gummy bear trick? For for. Um... I've heard of doing it with silly putty. You can do it with silly putty. You can do it. You uh, could do it with gummy bears back in the day. Um, 
Nicolas Cage did it in that movie that wasn't that great. Uh, Face Off? Uh, no, National Treasure. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Face Off where, where he took the whole... Yeah. The phys- where, he t- where, he, where his face was something he had? Where he's physically, yeah, uh, the face he had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not really helping your point here. I know. So, what would you think the difference between authentication and authorization would be? That term. Authenticate. Well, authentication is just, is something, so what do you think it is? And authorization is, does it have permission? So, authentication is, are you you? And uh, authorization is, do you have permission? You're you're just killing my uh, my thunder here, but yes, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, I'm all like minorly hungover too. This is like, man, this this would suck if it was last weekend for you when I was all hyped up on Monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, authorization also includes uh, services like like IP filtering, um, route assignment. Basically, uh, it also includes like IP filtering, you know, address assignments, route assignments, things like that, bandwidth control. Um, but anyway. Um, and then the last uh, bit of controls we can talk about is accounting. Um, and accounting is basically logging, logging everything, checking your logs, having some type of of, um, of structure in place where you can view your logs easily. Uh, that is the bane of everyone's existence. We can log everything until we're blue in the face, but if nobody checks the log, then what's the point? Um, you know, there's a software called Kerplunk that is supposed to be great with this kind of stuff. Kerplunk? Never heard of it. Yeah, remember it's Splunk. Splunk. I think it's Splunk, actually. Yeah, it it, it doesn't... You know, there's one cool tool I used once. I have to, I'll have to find it and put it in the short notes. But you can import, like, this huge log with just, you know, hundreds of thousands of lines. And then you put in filters, and it will colorize each line based on the filter. So you can say, uh, you know, if this line has this IP address, turn it blue. So then you can see, like, you know, a, a graphical representation of events so you can just quickly go down to the section that's all blue and go oh that's when that stuff happened that's when that stuff happened it makes it very easy to jump around hmm. um yeah. we use at work uh a, a software package called gfi um which basically dumps out uh grabs all of the event viewers from every machine uh the event logs great fantastic information yeah so much great and then we can set where we can get emailed on certain events. So it goes through the logs and finds, like, you know, when we have low disk space warnings or, you know, drives failing, things like that, and, and emails us to it. I think it I think it goes by the severity level on the on the event logs. So if it's like a severe or I don't know what the, the categories are, but there's like a there's like a category structure in the event viewer. Um, well, you How do you it. have a low disk space? Oh, we have low disk space all the time. A terabyte drive is like I found one in a box of cereal the other day. Yeah, and we go through. We've got forty-two terabytes on our SAN, and it's full. Oh man, I thought this company only had like ten people. The one you worked for, uh, we have about thirty in in the hat. And each person needs more than a terabyte. Oh well, we have uh, you know certain fi- financial oh, yeah then the nature of your business the nature the nature of our business uh, requires us to have a ton, a crap ton of storage yeah i'm thinking about companies that i worked for it was like all the storage was just what you needed to do the job so each computer had like you know yeah. 500 gig drives and only needed like a 10 oh well our our local disks have are plenty of storage it's just our servers that do all the all the big crunching yeah, I forgot about that. big crunching seems to uh, run out of space anyway um so the the last point was the accounting point where 
you know, log everything, check your logs, check your logs a second time. You know, that's the the bane of of the sysadmin's existence is, you know, something happens and they don't check the logs. Um, to, what is your company's uh, position on log retention? Because some people argue, oh, you should keep the logs as long as possible in case something happens. And other companies say, no, get rid of them as soon as possible so that if anything happens, there's no logs to go back in and shut the company down for negligence or anything. We keep logs for a while. Um, Not just the bare minimum legal requirement? Uh, depends on what type. We do a lot of logging, a lot of different logging. Uh, system logs, we don't keep that long. Um, the firewall logs and access logs, we keep. I believe six months or a year, something like that. And then um, mm. there we have um, reporting that has to go out to specific vendors. That uh, like uh, we have a uh, one that goes to the USPS that we have to keep for seven years. So really, yeah, yeah. there there it, it involves like the national change of address stuff. Um, so it's. Uh, we have to uh, keep those logs for seven years, and we have to have a paper copy of all of the uh, the forms that the client oh, sends. What? In. Yeah, paper co- oh. copies. I, I thought they meant that you had to keep all your logs for seven years in a paper form. I'm like, are you no, serious? No, no, we have to keep the, much paper the electronic ones, and then there's a form that every client signs to, to go through this process, and uh, they uh, they have to be kept for seven years. That's like, you know, I had a a professor of art once in, in college who was complaining about how um, it's actually the policy of either the school or the state. I think it's the state that any any school that receives state funding, the professors have to keep the students' tests for seven years after the class in case you want to go back and dispute it. And if anyone actually complied with this, you'd have literally rooms full of student papers because you teach, what, like 300 students a year wow. over seven years. That's just that's like four tests a semester easy. That's it's, Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. That's a lot of paper. That's like an entire small room full of just paper. <laughs> anyway, uh, we done for the night. I think we are. Okay. Uh, go to the website, hackradiolive.org. Uh, oh, there's a new thing on the website. I, the, the feedback thing is really badass. You can leave feedback now by hitting the feedback button. It's really cool. I did that. We really, we really have a feedback button now? Yeah, go look at, so, go look at the site. The feedback thing is so cool. Feedback and content. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that cool? That's cool. What does it do? Like, uh, it sends me an email. Oh well, that's kind of lame. What do you want it to do? I wanted to like put like like the the HPR comments where it puts it underneath the show. Well, we're gonna have comments, but after I made fun of you for having the worst comments ever, I wanted to make sure that my comment system was better before I published it. So we'll have oh oh okay. So you're gonna bust on me for for Hacker Public Radio having some spam. Well, some spam. There were 38 spam messages on our last show. There were not. Yes, there are. Not were, are. There are not. Present tense. There are not. I'm I'm going to look. Go to go and look. We'll wait. What the hell? (laughs) Look at me still talking.